welcome to the Circle Sessions featuring the Circle of Experts. The Circle of Experts are Yasmin Robles from Robles Design, Tanisha English Amamu of TJE Communications, and Don the Idea Guy. I'm Brett Johnson from Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. Well, each week, one of the Circle of Experts joins me to talk about critical aspects of growing your podcast. I will focus on marketing, social media, monetization, and website design and the implementation of all these together. This week, Yasmin is here from the Circle of Experts. Yasmin works alongside clients to design a website that's driven by strategy, looks amazing, and that you can actually use to grow your podcast and and then in turn your business as well. Yasmin, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to get started. You work with a lot of different types of businesses building their website, and obviously they're all coming from different directions. And they may know a little bit, may know a lot about putting a website together, but you know, how do you advise your clients to choosing a website platform? There's a lot of them out there. I mean, it can be confusing if you start doing research on your own. You kind of need somebody that knows what they're doing, but how do you go through that process of choosing that website platform? Yeah, and it's funny. Everybody thinks that I can run through just a couple of different platforms and say, yes, this one's for you, that one's for you. But it really comes down to the goals, what type of support you have, and what you want to do with the website, what you want it to do for your business, and how it's going to align with your marketing goals. What features do you want on that website? I mean, I guess it's one of those, maybe you've got to pull that out of your clients of figuring out where you want to go with it, what do you want to happen, and how do you start thinking about that? So you start with the website goals, and the main thing is that you have to understand where the website will fit within your marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. This means that you will think about the audience. How are they going to find you? Are they? Are you going to do a lot of social media or in-person events? Are you going to focus on SEO or affiliate marketing? So where are they coming from, and what is their expectation when they get to the website? Then from there, you can start jumping into the features. So this is more of the fun stuff. Like, do you want a membership site, a blog? A, are you e-commerce? Are you selling something, a physical product? Are you selling digital downloads? And what sort of features or things do you want to happen on the page? Do you want cool graphics to pop in or do you want something very minimalistic? Um, those are one of a few of the things that you get, you can really start with, uh, and just writing down your goals, writing down um, everything, just brainstorming in the back of a napkin. Um, and then from there, you really want to start thinking about custom development. So if you do want tons of widgets and cool things happening on your site, is it that it doesn't exist yet? So for example, I've had a client who she is creating an amazing uh, meal prep menu website, but there are certain aspects or features that we do not currently see in the marketplace. It doesn't mean it hasn't been done, but we cannot find anyone who has created that solution that she wants in particular that feature. So this would require some research, a lot of development time, and oftentimes it's just more research than development um, So think about those features, those really great fancy stuff that you want your website to do and try to gauge how much time it'll take and who you need to pull into the project in order to get it done on your site. What if you aren't ready to do a membership or to sell stuff? Let's think of the podcaster in mind that's like, okay, I do want to sell merch down the road to maybe generate some income. Is it hard to develop it after, you know, let's say you're into it for about six or nine months and you're ready to sell some merch. Do you like to have kind of a placeholder in mind on the website to ready to implement that, at least pull that information out from them that they're, yeah, it's on 
the, the game plan down the road. Is that a good good way to look at it? Yeah, yeah. So I guess you could think of it as an MVP or a minimum viable product. Um, you can think about where you want to be, I would say, in the next three years with your business, with your website, and how everything would align together with the marketing, your business goals, and, and how the site fits into it. Then think about what do you need in order to launch. So if you are starting a podcast and you are, you might be blogging along with it and you might be offering services, what do you want your business and the website for your business to do in three years? And that's when you can start thinking about platforms and what will be, what will work for you. Now I've had clients who started off with a very basic template, very basic website, and then they can jump from one platform to another, which we will talk about platforms in a bit. But they knew right off the bat that their minimum viable product would require them to build something that was so custom that they were just going to start with one platform and then save up the money and develop the next phase of the site. So it it just comes down to your target audience and what they're expecting of you at that moment and what you want them to expect of you. So if they are knowledgeable about that you're building this out, that you're going to be building out something bigger, you might want to look into the MVP. It's more budget friendly and it's um, going to give you a lot of insights into what your audience is expecting and the features that they might want. And you get to learn a lot about how they react to the site. And then you can pivot from there. Or if you have the budget, you can go all in and customize the heck out of a site. And then that would require a different platform. So thinking of that target audience you just mentioned a moment ago, how, you know, for a podcaster, that's kind of – it's not an easy target to, to think about what their who their audience is going to be, but it's all based on content. So they know that it's going to be this type of person, female, male, younger, older, that sort of thing. How does that affect building a website then? So you would, it just affects it by understanding where they're at. So if yeah. you know that you are focusing in on someone who is in finance, let's say you're focusing in on supporting or providing services for banks. Um, that would require your site to look a specific way to, they might even, if they have to log in, they might need, require certain features, uh, security features. If you are, for example, the meal prep, um, my client who's doing the meal prep website, she started off with a Squarespace site, which we will get into, but she is now switching to WordPress in order to offer more to her the people on her plan on her membership and so just kind of thinking about where those people are and what they're expecting of the site what features they want and what learnings you want to gain from them and are they people that will be willing to provide feedback in order for you to grow your website and your podcast and and continue with the content in again in terms of uh target market you just have to do your research it's a lot of figuring out demographics, psychographics, if you have a podcast geared towards small business owners, who exactly are they? Are they women-owned? Are they between one and three years of business? What type of business? Is it service-based, e-commerce, or what are their goals? So if they are small business owners, they could be male, female, but what are their goals in the next three to four years? And how can you provide that content? And how does your podcast reflect on the website? Right. I don't think a lot of people, I guess I never did either thinking about, I, I knew I wanted a specific look for my podcast website as well as, you know, my website as a podcast consultant, but never really thought about how it could turn someone off or you don't look as professional as you want to, or it could be as the ease of use. 
depending on you, if you're, you know, kind of really basing it on some e-commerce to support monetization for your podcast, or it's very content driven, maybe behind a paywall that you have extra blogs, extra content beyond the podcast, how easy it is to get there and sign up people and 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 your links from outside going to the website so you don't have to go searching forever <laughs> to find to buy something or to schedule a time with you. Yeah, and think of it this way. So, for example, we have uh, a client right now, they are doing senior home living and we have the meal prep menu client. So it's completely different age groups. Um, and so it, let's say both of them have a podcast, then what does, how does that content reflect and how does it reflect onto the site? The senior living, they, their site has to be very user-friendly, very high contrast text, larger text for the age group that they're targeting. And their podcast is obviously going to be targeting somebody in that age group. The meal prep menus, it's skewed younger. And so they might be looking for more, maybe podcasts, some video, more, it's also more feminine. So they might be looking for more cute graphics and, you know, mobile friendly. They're probably on their phones all the time. So this is, these are just some things to think about when deciding on the platform, deciding on content and who you're really targeting. I would also think, you know, whether you have a website right now or you're revising the website, there's there's probably a little bit of a learning curve or how much you want to take on as the owner of that website now that things are changing. You've you've contacted you for a reason. Either you don't like the design, um, you just want hands off, or you say, I want to take more control, but I don't like the platform. Um, you know, what kind of support, I mean, I guess what, it, I guess the question being, how do you ask yourself those questions? How do you answer those questions to work with you to know how much I want Yasmin to help me, <laughs> you know, to do things, um, and, 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 and walk away and know that she's going to take care of this. I take care of this, or I want hundred percent, just get me going. So for example, just think about what kind of support you want or time you have. So let's say, for example, you have a team, you have a business and you have an assistant. Think about what that assistant, where their skill set lies. Are they very creative? Have they had experience with design or are they very, very tech savvy? Can they figure it out? Are they willing to figure it out? So if they just kind of manage your calendar are they willing to figure out how to build a website for you or edit the website? If you don't have a team, think about how tech savvy you are, how much time you have, and if you're willing to go through that learning curve, or if your time is actually better spent creating the content, blogging, creating the podcast, um, and connecting with people in order to get more business into the door. So think about your budget. Obviously, hiring an agency can be a lot faster, things can be done properly, and you might not need to invest in your website at a full scale in for the next three years. But if your budget is smaller, do you have the willingness to learn the platform and then possibly have to recreate the platform in a, a year or so once you figure out the kinks? If you're on the internet at all, I don't care if it's social, you're listening to podcasts, whatever, you're hearing all these different platforms that are out there. <laughs> you hear, you know, you're, you're pounded with ads from Squarespace and, you know, people have heard of Shopify because they probably have bought something on Shopify. And then all of a sudden WordPress, well, there's a WordPress.com and .org and, you know, all the research you're doing and, and Dr. Google just isn't giving you the answer <laughs> when it comes down to it. Okay, let's go over those options and kind of give a little outline of what each one does and doesn't do. 
So I just there are a lot of different platforms. It's just way too many. And if you have one in mind, you should look for a designer who specializes in that because sometimes it takes so much time for the designer to get from one platform to the next and learn it and then create what you need them to create. So just keep in mind, there's a lot of them out there and a lot of them kind of overlap in what they can do for your business. But we're going to go over the, a few of the top ones that we work with, and hopefully that helps you decide on which one might be better for you. So let's start with Squarespace. Um, the Squarespace is really easy to use. It's easy to set up. And what we do is we focus on breaking Squarespace's template look. Uh, Squarespace is great for do-it-yourselfers because they offer these amazing looking templates. You pick one, you start the site, and you can just plug in your information and go. The thing is that it very it's very obvious that yours is a Squarespace site. You, yours might look like just like your competitors. And you want to differentiate yourself. So we focus on breaking that template and making sure that you have all these cool features. Um, we've we've created a lot of different um, systems for people on Squarespace. And it's very user-friendly on the back end. It's, we'll talk about a few other ones, but it's one of the more user-friendly ones when you log in and go into the admin panel. You don't get lost, you don't get overwhelmed, and you can easily find what you need. There's no updates needed. So the, we're going to talk about WordPress, but that's one of the ones that you need to go in there every so often and make sure things are updated, make sure that your hosting is backing things up and that things are running smoothly on the back end. And so this can be frustrating for a solopreneur who has to be the finance person, they're the marketing person, they're also doing whatever it is that they are supposed to be doing, they're podcasting, and then they have to go in and update a website. It's a little frustrating uh, having to do that and add it to your calendar, but it's much needed on WordPress versus Squarespace where you don't really necessarily have to think about it. Uh, There's a lot of features that are constantly being added to Squarespace. They've added member areas, so now you have the option of adding certain memberships. It's still lagging a little bit in features, but you can add some kind of course and stuff to your uh, Squarespace site. but it's growing. So they're, they're doing really great things and partnering with really cool companies in order to provide the features that you might want. When it comes to WordPress, WordPress is my first love. That was the first website I ever built was on WordPress. And I've come a long way since that. I've broken many, many WordPress sites but and fixed many. I fixed all of them. But WordPress is interesting because I've seen places like large colleges using the WordPress platform and very small businesses like one person bookkeeper businesses. And they are all using WordPress. WordPress is the biggest, it has the biggest chunk in the market. And the reason for that is that a lot of people, it's open source. So you just need a hosting company like SiteGround and you install it and you can get started on with a free template. Now you should purchase a template and we can talk about that in a bit, but even the free templates, if you're just starting a blog, that can be sufficient for you. And because it's so well used, there's so many, more many people using it that there are a lot more developers that can work on your site. So let's say for example, I build your site on WordPress and something happens to me and I'm unavailable. Let's say I'm in an accident, God forbid, and I'm unavailable. You can find someone else who is knowledgeable about WordPress that can come in and support you where there is that gap. Uh, You can also focus on SEO a little bit more. The Squarespace and Shopify, they are working on getting theirs 
really they're catching up, but WordPress is one of the better ones for SEO purposes. Um, it also gives a lot of marketing departments ease in implementing a lot of features that they want when it comes to backend things like SEO. Uh, it, one of the cons is that it's a bit daunting for a lot of my clients. And because of that, when they log into the admin and they're like, oh, there's all these alerts, they have stopped backing up or they have stopped updating their website. And it, it's happened enough times when enough clients have done that and they're locked out of the of the platform or their website on the front end will look beautiful and snazzy just as it was before. But when they log in, they can't even update a page or their address or phone number. So it, you need to make sure that you stay on top of all of the updates. And I would suggest weekly. That's what I do for clients who are um, recurring clients. But at least monthly, at least, oh man, even quarterly, you should be going in there, making sure that things are being backed up, plugins are updated, the core is updated, theme, PHP, all this stuff, that it is being updated. And I also suggest not doing auto updates, um, just because I've had it happen enough times where something, the hosting company will auto update something, right, a plugin. And that plugin now breaks everything else because nothing else has implemented that new update yet to work together in a friendly manner. So I recommend uh, getting someone, uh, maybe just a VA or somebody to just hit back up and update things one by one, but, um, or at least marketing it on your calendar. Um, And then for templates uh, or WordPress calls them themes, I recommend getting one that has support. So there's great ones like Divi, Avada, and they offer support. And depending on what level cost you are looking at, what what your budget is, but they offer support for at least a, a certain amount of time. And you can get a lot of help that way when setting up your theme. And then you can also, it auto, um, it, they'll send you patches and updates for the theme so it doesn't get bogged down and cause security issues later on. Um, when it comes to e-commerce, the one that I love the best is Shopify. Although Squarespace and WordPress can do e-commerce, that's not their jam. Their jam is kind of being like an everything sort of platform for, for everyone. Shopify, they are e-commerce through and through. You can build other sites on it if you want, really want to, but they are e-commerce. This can be digital as well as product-based and they, it's really easy to get started. Their free templates are actually not that bad, but you can also get, uh, templates that are paid and will have the same benefits as those that I mentioned for WordPress. Um, but yeah, Shopify is great when it comes to e-commerce. You just, for all of these, have to think about, especially WordPress and Shopify, you have to think about add-ons. And these are sometimes called plugins, they're called add-ons or extensions, and they can range from being free to about $20 plus per month. And usually WordPress and Shopify sites have these where, for example, if you want to have on WordPress a membership site, just that would be a plugin that you would have to pay for either yearly, monthly, For example, on Shopify, if you wanted something like a subscription service, that would also require it it to have an add-on and you would have to pay for that monthly. So just kind of keep these costs in mind when thinking about your website and what the minimum viable product you want is. The con of all this um, is that you can't transfer platforms. So if I build your WordPress site, you can transfer to another hosting company. So from SiteGround to Bluehost but you can't get a Shopify site. 
So if you have a Squarespace site and now you want Shopify, you can't transfer it. Um, they will not transfer between each other. There's also Wix, Weebly, all those. They will not transfer between each other since they are competitors. Just as, I guess, a summary of everything that we've talked about, uh, keep in mind that so things that are free are sometimes end up being more expensive later on. So if you're thinking about starting a WordPress site, but you do not want to pay for a theme, you don't want to play, pay for any plugins, you can find free ones. But sometimes that is to the detriment of your business. And I suggest even if you have to DIY it, paying for a theme, paying for a template, and making sure that it just ha it looks amazing that you're getting the support you need from the creators of that template because it might end up causing issues later on. If it's free, the creators might not necessarily be supporting updates. It might break. It might have security holes in it. And you just want to make sure that the experience that your users are getting when they come to your site, listen to your podcast and buy from you is the best that it can be. Everybody has that shock of investing in themselves initially, but in the long run, it, if you're serious about it, and if you're looking at, you know, uh, to me, uh, you know, podcasting for two, three years, if you're serious about it, it'll pay for itself in that first year to have a website designer, to have the, the, the people behind it to help you get where you need to go. And with the podcast, you're, let's say you're creating this podcast, you're putting all of your effort into it and you want to get sponsors, right? You want to get some money out of it. When a sponsor, if I'm going to be uh, purchasing some kind of sponsor position, I go back and look at their website. I look at their social media. And if it doesn't look professional or cohesive or their website does not look like it looks like they built it them like their cousins kid whatever uncle built it just because they had knowledge about how to use a computer then i feel like it's not as important for me to give you my dollars as a potential sponsor or if I, you're running an affiliate program then i don't know if i really want to entrust you to be affiliated with my brand so think about what sort of really what sort of money you're willing to put into this and what can you get out of it so if you have that mvp that minimum viable product what can what is the most minimum thing that you can do yes definitely invest in your podcast maybe invest a little bit on a couple just a couple pages a very small site of your of your business and really showcase that podcast on it in order for it to grow get sponsors get affiliates get um, all the money in the world and, and famous people onto your podcast they want to be there when you look professional across the board yeah well two things i learned from you the top one is asking that question of that agency you're going to work with do you work with this platform plus the auto updates that's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I know i've got some on auto update and i get a notification of it and I, I was thinking, hey, that's a great trigger for me to go in and look and make sure everything is updated. But but your comment about not letting it auto update is is interesting that it can actually, you know, break things down. I've only seen it be a detriment a couple times uh, when, for example, plugin A updates, but plugin B has yet to push out their update. They're still working on it. That's when it's caused an issue. But at least check your site, go on the front end, go through your site every so often and make sure that it's still um, active. And then as long as you have a backup, you don't have to worry, like just revert to the latest back to the 
you know, latest backup that you have and everything's good. You can then fix it later on as long as you have a backup. That's like any any type of site. As long as you have a backup, you are okay. A lot of information here for the listener. Most of this is going to be in our podcast show notes. But how else can they get a hold of you and, and, and what can they get by going to your website? Or we'll put a link in the website, uh, or I should say the podcast show notes, to get from this podcast. Uh, everyone can find me at RoblesDesigns.com. You can find me making a full of myself on Reels at Robles Design Studio on Instagram. And you can download a free checklist at RoblesDesigns.com slash checklist. Uh, it's basically a rundown of what you need to have on your website, whether it is meta descriptions, or you know, for SEO purposes, or if it is just, do you have you connected your domain? It kind of run helps you. It's a checklist, right? You can check off what you have on your website and what you still need to do. Right, that sounds great. Well, again, Yasmin, thanks for joining me on this episode. We'll be talking again as the year progresses, obviously as part of the uh, uh, circle of experts. But uh, again, thank you, listener, for joining us on the Circle Sessions. 